Welcome back to the Hearts Unleashed podcast. We're turning dreamers into doers. If you're ready to open your heart and take inspired action on your dreams, you are in the perfect place with wonderful people. Here's your host, dreamer, educator, and adventurer, Abigail Gazda. Hello, and welcome to the Hearts Unleashed podcast, where we are turning dreamers into doers. And I am so excited to introduce to you Ryan and Sophie, the founders of Waves of Recovery. Their mission is to help individuals in recovery from mental health and addiction and find community connection and healing through surfing. You guys, I was so excited to ask them on to talk more about this because I think it's such a unique Um, approach to recovery. They strive to introduce people to a new freedom and a new happiness while sharing tools to help people grow in understanding and effectiveness in and out of the water. You guys, welcome to the Hearts Unleashed podcast. This is so intriguing to me. I, um, I think I saw that you were on the Kelly Clarkson show and I was like, I want to know more about them. Like, and so that's where I found you guys. And I went and followed you and started just like listening to your your mission and your message. And I um, just like a personal share, I'm three years sober. And so this, this has like that extra uh, excitement to me. And then I taught myself to surf by falling over a lot in uh, 20, 2019, 2020 timeframe. And so um, the idea that you guys are combining these two, I find a lot of peace in the water. I find a lot of healing in the water. And so I would just love for you guys to share with us like your own journey and how this all came to be. Yeah, absolutely. And thank you so much for having us on today. This is really awesome to be able to share about our own journeys of recovery and also about the work that we're doing to help others. I know Ryan recently celebrated a birthday as well and congratulations on celebrating three years of recovery. Just so amazing. So I'm actually going to let Ryan maybe do his share first about his journey um, as he just celebrated eight years. Woohoo! Perfect. Welcome Ryan. Yeah. Thank you. Buenos dias. Um, So yeah, so growing up here in South Bay, surfing was something, you know, it was like the one outdoor outlet that we had, you know, everything east of us is the concrete jungle. And, and, um, you know, when we'd go down to the beach, like that's where we went to be free, right? That's, you know, less uh, oversight, no authority figures, go fling some sand and jump in the water and, and surf and have a good time. And and surfing was just a vehicle to, or an excuse to, um, get down to the beach, go hang out with your friends, go have fun, go be a kid, you know, go be free. And I, you know, I fell in love with that, fell in love with being in the ocean, body surfing. And one of the interesting things about surfing is it's, it's so hard, you know, and and it's such a lifestyle, right. Of always watching what's the wind doing, what's the tide coming up or, or going down, or, you know, if it's not good out front, then what about, you know, down here or there, what's the sand? Like it's, it's easy to, um, fully obsess on that. And I lost myself in that for sure. For, for a while, um, you know, started to surf competitively, competitively in high school. Um, I wasn't particularly good at that, but I enjoyed it. And, you know, pretty quickly the, you know, started to associate, um, surfing and being at the beach with drinking and, and all that goes along with that and getting in trouble. And, and that took me some, some dark places. Um, And so then in, you know, I'm actually celebrated eight years last week, um, which is a huge milestone for me. So that's eight years completely free of drugs and alcohol. Um, You know, it wasn't something that I thought I'd ever be capable of, you know, and and part of my journey has been a a 12 step program and, and that's radically changed and reshaped my life. 
you know, and essentially had to learn how to live all over again. And part of that in the beginning was cutting out surfing, right? Like I had a lot of bad, bad influences there and associated surfing with the drinking and the partying and the, um, and you know, so when I first started to surf again in early recovery, it was kind of triggering for a while, for sure. You know, like, Oh, like, is like someone going to offer me a beer? Did, did I, you know? Yeah. Just, um, luckily had some solid dudes that took me back outside and, um, you know, and I learned that not only could I get away with with surfing and being outside in recovery, but that actually added a lot of value to my recovery journey. Right. Like coming back to, um, you know, trying to relearn how to live, relearn how to do everything. Surfing was a vehicle to, to some of those lessons. Right. It was a way to put principles into action, a way to um, connect and commune with Mother Nature and others and, you know, to have anxiety and depression and all these overwhelming feelings as you come back into your body in early sobriety. and you know, all this shit that we've been running from for so long, it was totally overwhelming. And surfing was a way to like, all that noise would kind of disappear. I could go be free for a little bit. I could come back into my body. I could come, um, I'd go surfing with guys who had some time in the program and, and who were, you know, had, had changed their lives and were respectable dudes. And I'd watch them like actually pick up trash off the beach or actually give waves away or actually you know, show up for me or for other dudes. And and it, so it was really powerful to talk about those things, but to see them put principles into action through surfing um, was kind of mind blowing um, and taught me that, you know, that not like, again, not only could I get away with surfing, but that actually like my surfing journey and, and, you know, career, we may call it didn't start until I got, until I actually got sober, you know, and now it's come full circle as a way that to give back. I met Sophie on the beach yeah, it's just provided me so much. I, it's kind of overwhelming and hard to put into words sometimes, but. Thank you. Uh, Thanks for sharing. Yeah, I love that so much. And I want to just make a, a couple quick reflections about what you shared, Ryan, because I think it's so epic. One, um, I'm going to start towards the end of what you said, which was like the fellowship of going out with other men in the program who can lead the way because um, I know for myself and I talk to a lot of folks who have anxiety, depression, maybe PTSD, even like you said, it's kind of triggering to go back to the beach and, and all that. And that there, it comes with a lot of internal dialogue that can be very consuming. And so I just, I respect and appreciate you sharing so openly, so vulnerably because I could, I was really a attached to what you were saying, or I was like really following what you were saying and understanding and felt related to. So thank you for sharing that. And um, just the way I also just want to say, and maybe you'll have something about this, Sophie too, but like, I respect surfing so much because I grew up a basketball player. I played college basketball and the floor stays the same. Yeah. <laughs> the, the lines on the floor don't move, right? The basketball hoop doesn't move. And so there's so many more components using mother nature for sport. And I find that absolutely fascinating. And there's like such a reverence because I've never learned more that you are not in control. Like the lack of control we have and the way to like respect and, and ride the wave, ride the flow, right? And so I was just so present to that as you were sharing. So I wanna thank you for, for you know, walking us along your journey. And Sophie, I would love to hear more about yours as well. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you so much, Ryan. There's so much there that you were talking about too, as 
as I'm thinking about how surfing relates to my recovery, but I really didn't start surfing until much later into my adult life and into my recovery. So I'll get, I'll get to that in a second, but you know, in terms of my own recovery journey, um, my story is not really dissimilar to a lot of other people that have struggled with substance use issues and addiction. You know, I think growing up, I, really had a privileged life. I had everything handed to me. Um, anything I ever wanted or could ask for, I had. Um, I had a, a very loving family and I did grow up overseas um, and we moved a lot. And so if I reflect back on my journey, um, you know, there were a lot of different things that took place in my life as a young person, as a child as well, that I feel like I didn't really know how to deal with. Um, I wasn't in touch with my emotions and I always felt that there was something missing. Like I couldn't really pinpoint what was going on. I didn't know how to talk about what was going on. I kept everything sort of under wraps and on the outside, like everything looked pretty good, you know, as a pretty confident <laughs> or so I thought I, I would portray that, you know, to the world where I was super confident, super independent would do things by myself all the time. But I think deep down, I really felt alone and lost and scared and fearful. Um, and so when I first started drinking and using really at the age of 12, you know, that became sort of my vice to cope with all of these feelings and situations and circumstances that I didn't know how to do, you know, on my own. And um, really from the age of 12 onwards, it was a pretty, pretty downhill spiral. Like many of us, you know, this is a progressive disease. And it took me as Ryan was sharing too, to some really dark places. Um, I, you know, really didn't want to live anymore at some point too, you know, and that's a really present image that I have in my mind when I think about like where my uh, disease took me. Um, you know, for me, I've had many stints and tries at recovery. I started getting sober at the age of 18. Um, and I've been to multiple treatment centers. I tried many different like healing modality modalities as well, not just therapy and psychiatry, but I also, you know, tried different holistic sort of, um, modalities as well, like acupuncture, um, yeah, all sorts of different things. And, you know, over my, rec my time trying to get sober, there were different things that were planted, you know, the seeds had been planted for me over time. And it wasn't until 2014 at the last treatment center I went to um, that I really decided like, this is a decision that I need to make instead of being forced to go. You know, my parents were of course very concerned by my behavior um, and always led me to treatment or forced me to treatment. And it wasn't really until 2014 that I can really identify that it was, it really came from my decision that I needed to, you know, get sober and actually try something different and go all in this time. So um, I'll be celebrating nine years this year, which is really exciting. Yay. Um, and a huge milestone for me. Absolutely. And, you know, I think as a young person, when I was getting sober, uh, I had a lot of these beliefs that 
my life is going to be over when I get sober. The party's going to end. I'm not going to be able to have fun. I'm going to be, you know, I'm going to end up being super boring. And it's, yeah, it, it felt like everything was going to be over. And I think there is a part of us that, you know, we do have to let go of our old identity and how we um, related in the world as we were when we were using. And the first couple of years of my sobriety were difficult. Um, you know, just, just like life, there are ebbs and flows in life. And I think as somebody you know, who's newly sober. I was in college at this time. Like not only are you trying to navigate life, just life as it is, but you're also like trying to navigate how to do these things and remain sober and like take care of your emotions and understand how to navigate the world, um, you know, really from a new perspective, a new place again. So, you know, for me, um, I actually didn't really find surfing until I met Ryan. I was, that would have been, I was probably around seven years sober when Ryan and I met or, or six six or seven years sober. When Ryan and I met, we actually met on the beach. It was during the pandemic. And very beginning at the very beginning of the pandemic so literally there was like nowhere else you could go except kind of the beach (laughs) and it's interesting even as i reflect on my recovery journey i feel like at the time when i met ryan again everything on the outside looked really good i had an amazing job i was making lots of money i was you know, being of service in a way of how my job was. Um, I had friends, my life was really full, but emotionally, and this is probably a really interesting topic to talk about as well. Emotionally, deep down, I still was struggling. I was still really suffering inside from my own lack of self-worth, my own lack of self-confidence. I think I had, you know, similarly to how we are when we are in our addiction of using and drinking that addiction almost crossed over to being a workaholic and like all I did was like eat breathe and live my job like that's all I knew too and I was great at my job um, but I had lost myself in that process and so you know fast forwarding to meeting Ryan and coming back to the beach for me, that was almost a new path in my own recovery where I really found this freedom again to be myself, to find something that brings me joy and lights up my life again, to really allow myself to take my spirituality to another level as well. And those are all things that the ocean really brought to me and I had grown up by the ocean never surfed though you know grew up as a swimmer um so I still remember the first time that Ryan eventually took me out on a surfboard I was terrified by the way because we had just started dating (laughs) and I didn't want to like 
make you know I didn't want to look like a fool I, st- I was still trying to be all cute and you know impress him so I was like oh my god this is something I literally do not know how to do that's the fun of it though right is getting blown to like yeah. and washed back to the beach yeah yeah it's all part of it it's all part of it and so I remember I uh we took out this like one of those really big yellow foam boards and we paddled out the back mind you this was also like in the middle of the winter I think you know not perfect conditions for like a beginner to learn um and we paddled out the back and there was this huge wave coming I remember and Ryan's just like yelling at me like lay down start paddling and I'm like holy shit we're going you know um and I feel this like big whoosh because he sort of like helps Ryan is a surf coach and he can talk more about that too but he pushed the back of the board and I just feel this big like push down the down the wave and I'm like oh my god I gotta pop up so I popped up and I remember I still have like such a clear image of myself like riding this wave all the way to the beach I think I turned around and probably like cheered (laughs) I remember that wave too yeah Yeah, that was a solid one that was a solid wave and I like I still remember that feeling even talking about it now it was like it's like a it's almost like a high you know um but one where it was like so exhilarating like oh my god it was so fun I had the biggest smile on my face I don't think I even remember you know feeling that much joy you know even (laughs) being six or seven years sober but like not feeling that joy for so long um and it was so fun and I was I you know immediately I knew I was like this is something I want to do again like another wave another wave you know and yeah surfing is just this it it was just so beautiful to get back in the water and to now have this tool in my toolbox that, you know, of course it's practice. (laughs) So something I've had to do regularly and have integrated into my sobriety and recovery journey. And it's, yeah, now being able to share that with others in our community is, is just so beautiful. I think that full circle moment, similar to when you first get sober. And if you're maybe in a 12 step fellowship, you know, that cycle of moving through the steps and then being able to give back and sponsor others. So, you know, for me now on the other, I'm obviously still learning myself when it comes to, we, all are. we yeah. all are still progressing, but being able to share that now with others is, is truly um, a marriage of our passions of helping people and our connection to the ocean and mother nature, how that supports our mental health and recovery you know, and really where waves of recovery was born out of. Yeah. And selfishly, it's so much fun to get in the water with somebody who's new or newer and mm-hmm. like be a kid and, and get them some waves and stoke them out. Like it's so awesome to share that experience with somebody else. I truly enjoy it and have been teaching for, for a long time. Um, so selfishly, I really enjoy that. But it's also like, you know, as as people in long-term recovery, a big part of that is turning around and giving back. So it's like, mm-hmm. for me, selfishly, it's the most awesome thing in the world that I can be of service and like, and have fun in the water at the beach. And like, you know, I met Sophie there, make a living doing it, um, you know, and, and trying to figure out uh, waves of recovery has really been about how do we, you know, get some support, some traction and kind of formalize this thing that we'd, we'd been doing for a while and, and try to share it with others. Um, really be able to make, you know, a bigger impact and create that ripple effect so that other people can also find healing through the ocean and not have to do it alone. Similarly, I think, you know, as we enter recovery, 
community is so important and being together. And so for us being able to actually like bring all these people that we know together who may already know how to surf or who may be new in recovery and want to learn something new. I think just like creating this space and this community for people to show up just as they are in their recovery journey and their surf journey and like really do it together though and progress in that way, both, you know, emotionally, mentally, physically, and spiritually, because we're really doing all of that when you think about surfing and recovery and combining the two. I love it. I love it so much. And uh, specifically with the, with including the ocean, including surfing, including the outdoors. Cause I am also really at this exact moment, like people who take others out on like h- hikes and mm-hmm. any exposure to nature. I think if we've never really had that connection, we, we would never know the possibility, like the healing component of nature itself. So I just acknowledge you guys for creating community and creating an invitation. I think that's fascinating. And I just wanted to kind of circle back to your share, Sophie, because I was so tapped into like so much of your journey and, and feeling related to it as well. There is something interesting to me that I think a lot of people can relate to is on the outside looking like you have it all, like whether it, whichever age or portion of that journey, um, specifically like when you said you shifted to work and it, you're really excellent at work and successful probably, but also having simply transferred the addiction, right? Mm-hmm. Same, same here, same, yeah. double same. <laughs> and so completely understand. And then something that I discovered, which I was pretty present to, to, to your share as well is, okay, so we we get chemically sober we give up these substances. But then what I noticed, and it sounds like you had that similar experience is the mental addictions, what, mm-hmm. like whatever our inner dialogue is, or for me, you know, ruminating, catastrophizing or anxiety or worried about what people think or um, feeling alone, you had mentioned. And I just find that so interesting because you guys have eight and nine years sober and, you know, at six and seven and eight and nine years, there's still an evolution. There's, it's still a sobriety journey. And, and so I think a lot of people assume, okay, I love what you said too. I'm not going to be any more fun. I'm going to be boring. Like I had a big thing about like, if only people knew the real me, they'd not like me. Like, and so, um, that I needed substances to be, to be fun or be someone that people wanted to like or hang out with. And so you're just, you just, I so related. And I, I would love to um, ask the both of you to share what you might say to somebody, let's say not, they're like not sober yet. They're ed, they're at the edge or they're struggling with some addiction, what, no matter what it be, right? Because it could be food, it could be sex, it could be substances, it could be work, it could be, there's all sorts of things. And um, what you would say to somebody like that hasn't, they like can sense it's not working and something needs to change, but they haven't crossed that threshold yet. Mm, Yeah. That's such a great question. I think for me, I would really encourage the person, you know, to look at how their relationship to whatever that thing is, whether it's alcohol, drugs, food, sex, you know, how is that actually making them feel after the fact. So, you know, for me, yes, I wanted to change the way that I felt in that moment, but afterwards I felt even worse. Mm -hmm. 
you know, after using, whether it was alcohol, drugs, food, even, or, you know, I've struggled with that too. So I would really, you know, encourage people to explore how it really truly makes them feel and what it is they're trying to use that substance, food, sex, whatever it is, work, um, to like, what are they using that for? If that makes sense. Um, totally. Are they running away from, you know, I, I think I would really encourage somebody to get clear and it's hard. It's hard when you're in it to find clarity. Um, so maybe Ryan has a better question than I do. Um, <laughs> no, that's awesome. Better suggestion. No, for sure. Like Sophie's a clinician. So, you know, um, we often have different uh, outlooks on stuff given, you know, I am not a clinician, right? But yeah, it's always interesting trying to talk to people on the edge, right? Um, mm-hmm. Or that are interested. Um, you know, all, all I know is what works for me. And and I love sharing that for sure. When people ask, I don't like telling people what to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I think asking questions and is always good and having getting people to have their own realizations too. Um, I'd say that that looking back, you know, that um, whether you're using addiction looked like mine or not, right? Like what, what we, what I often relate with people over is that feeling of like restless, irritable and discontent of, you know, being clinically depressed for quite a while, right. Of not having a whole lot of joy and freedom in my life, you know, of having burned down a lot of relationships and opportunities and, um, you know, sold all my surfboards and wetsuits or, or broke them in half, or I don't know what I did to them, but I didn't have any, that's for sure. And got to a place where I was pretty, pretty desperate for change, you know? And and what I've learned is that for me, that something pretty miraculous has to happen to separate me from, you know, um, drugs and alcohol. Um, you know, that that desperation is a gift, right? That, that you're not alone, that you don't have to live that way. Mm-hmm. Um, that other people have been there and that there is a way out, um, you know, and that, and that, yeah, that, at least for me, that, that desperation had to happen before I was willing to take the leap. So if that's where you're at, it's not all bad. You know, I'm grateful today for that, for that desperation, for all the, the as silly as it sounds, all the suffering that occurred. Cause it, it you know, it, it simply had to happen for me to be willing to make some changes, you know, to finally open my ears and take suggestions from other dudes mm-hmm. um, and do some of the uncomfortable work that's required. I work with a lot of young dudes and I always like to use gym analogies for the guys, right? Like we always talk about like, you know, if you're moving the little three pound pink weights, like you're probably not growing, you know? It needs to be uncomfortable. The pink plates are easy, right? Slap up some 45s and move some real weight. And that's, mm-hmm. it's going to be uncomfortable, but you're going to grow. Like, that's good. That's what we're looking for, right? So maybe. That's an important message too, though. Like to let somebody know that they're not alone on the journey. You know, I think that it can feel really overwhelming and isolating and scary to even think about starting that process of getting sober. And I think you've touched on it when you talk about the community of guys that you were introduced to. And, you know, similar for me when I ended up going to treatment, like seeing all these other women who were sober and really became role models um, and knowing that like, okay, if they can do it, like maybe I can do it too. So I think, you know, as you were sharing that, yeah, that message of knowing for whoever's out there that may be struggling right now that, you know, you, you are not alone 
there are so many ways as well today to find a path to recovery, which is so beautiful. There's no one size fits all model. Um, and being able to explore those different things, find the things that work for you, add things that do bring joy to your life, you know, um, that's all a journey that I think we all have to explore and and find where for sure find what speaks to us for sure yeah and don't be afraid to you know to put, put your hand up and ask yeah. for help yeah yeah love that I mean, resources, I, yeah. resources yeah I love and appreciate the reminder you're not alone because it's easy for us to like convince ourselves of that or feel that way the isolation being part of the addiction and so um beautiful and also something that came to mind while you guys were talking is like functional addiction right? Like not everybody who's an addict is like living in a gutter, like doing weird things for drugs. Like, so, so we see this, like people show up to work, people make pay their bills on time. You know, there's things that um, addiction can be very hidden. And so I appreciate the way that you guys shared what you did share because it applies to people at every step of the journey, especially if it's a bit more, their addiction might be more discreet. But I loved what you said, Ryan, uh, restless, irritable, and discontent. It's just so subtle sometimes, or it's just so sneaky. And it's like, why do, why am I like, it's like that itch, you know, or that just, it's not, um, especially if it looks like we have it all, but we really feel unfulfilled or empty or alone inside. And so thank you. And um, I was interested in kind of shifting over to, waves of recovery, telling us a little bit more about that. And the question that wants to come through is like, you you use the word miraculous, Ryan. And I would love to hear if you guys, um, obviously confidentiality and all of that, but tell us about a miracle you've witnessed in waves of recovery. Sure. Yeah. So, um, you know, waves of recovery and maybe Sophie can, again, as a clinician, it can speak more to this, but we really see it and have used it as like an auxiliary service to somebody's, you know, recovery journey, right? Like maybe they're in sober living, they probably have a therapist, they have a sponsor, they, you know, how whatever it is they're doing, right? But, you know, kind of like we were talking about earlier is that like in recovery, I had to change, I had all these maladaptive behaviors. I had to relearn how to live, how to have relationships with females, how to have relationships with men, how to have relationships with family, who it was I wanted to be and how I wanted to show up in the world. Like there's so much, right? That we have to, you know, besides just, you know, putting down the substances, right? Um, to be able to to live a life that doesn't lead me back to addiction, you know? Um that I have to find purpose, right? And um, so with Waves of Recovery, we really help, we really hope to be able to, you know, share some of the stoke that we have for surfing and for recovery, to share some tools, right? You know, and to help people out. There's a lot of plateaus in recovery. There's a lot of sticking points, right? There's a lot of, um, you know, for me, my journey and experience outdoors has answered a lot of those um, problems, you know? Um, I remember an early recovery trying to trying to poke holes in in some of the stuff and, you know, spending time hiking or in the ocean and having, you know, um, having epiphanies that like that maybe Mother Nature can be my higher power. Maybe the community that I surf with of sober guys is is my new crew and, and um, you know, and, and there's ways to be of service there. And, and so I can't really speak to other people's epiphanies per se. 
But we've uh, definitely seen some. We've definitely seen some. We've yeah, we have we have some people that are on fire right now that have graduated from or you know graduated from treatment centers that we work with that are still coming around and and um, you know surfing with waves of recovery. I have kids that we've done surf therapy with now who are pursuing careers as LA County lifeguards. You know that are um, competing now and for college surf programs um and coming back and and volunteering with us and helping you know um share what was so freely given to us right trying to trying to um pump that back into the community and i i think for me that's the coolest thing to see is these guys achieve long-term sobriety um and still like whether or not you continue your surf journey maybe you you find it's an experience you have and then you go rock climbing or go start art cl- whatever it is right i think you, we, there's still value um, and you can still learn stuff by showing up on the beach but um, for me, it's been cool to see these guys grow and come come back and give back. That's really been um, for me the the uh, sign that we're we're onto something and are doing the right thing. That other people feel passionate passionately about it as well. Absolutely, I think there are so many mir- miraculous moments that take place too, just in the groups that we hold. So outside of just the free monthly community events that we host, we also do have, you know, um, actual programs that are more structured and closed groups, if you will. So you actually have to sign up, register and be be in that container with us for either four weeks or eight weeks. And, you know, even just thinking about some of the people that have been through those programs and what happens on a week to week basis, I feel there are so many you know, small, they're not even small, they're miracles, right? That there are these shifts that take place. There are these light bulb moments that people have. There's so much magic that we witness that really happens, you know, even in that short period of time. And I think that's really speaks to the beauty of surf therapy or adventure therapy or getting outside and connecting with nature is that you're fully immersed in this experience, right? And you're really putting those principles that we talk about into action. And Ryan talks about this a lot, but the ocean becomes sort of like a testing ground ground in real time to put those principles into actions, to put those things that maybe we're teaching um, about, you know, how to regulate your emotions, how to take care of your mental health, how to live in acceptance, live in acceptance surrender fears. to the yeah. flow, face those fears, like those are service. Yeah. service. Those are all things you can do like right there and then in that period of time. And, you know, for me, I've also heard from clients that even just in those four weeks or just in those eight weeks that they were with us for surf therapy, they've made breakthroughs that they've never done before in one-on-one therapy or talk therapy or in a treatment center for a year. So just being fully immersed, I think in, in the environment, you know, in real time, having a community going back to how important it is to not feel alone on this journey. You know, those miracles are happening all the time and it's where I feel so blessed to be able to watch these things happen right in front of my eyes, like to be able to facilitate and support those people on their journeys, just to be a small part, you know, as Ryan was saying, if we can introduce them to this new 
perspective or this new way of life, regardless of if they continue surfing or not. That's not the point. It's, you know, really being able to show them something different, something new that they can then take with them and continue on their journey. I love it. I love it so much. And, um, you know, we have listeners from all over the world, a hundred different countries tune in to the Hearts Unleashed podcast. And there's people in California who might love to attend an event or participate. And are your programs in person or virtual? So we have all options. Wonderful. (laughs) So many things that we're doing. Good. So we have programs, in-person programs in Southern California right now. They're mostly free. We also do have, you know, more structured programs that people do have to register for. However, they are very low cost. We never want finances to be an issue. And of course, we scholarship a lot of people, Mm -hmm. given that we are a nonprofit. Mm -hmm. We also do have virtual resources as well. So we host a recovery meeting every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. Pacific time. Anyone can tune in wherever you are in the world. And there will definitely be more, you know, we are celebrating our first year of Waves of Recovery in April. And from there, we have so many plans for expanding, you know, not just in the United States, but to other countries as well. So stay tuned because we may be coming to a beach near you. (laughs) That's amazing. So where can people be Stay, stay tuned and tune in and check everything out? Yeah, so we're super active on our social media. Our Instagram handle is at Waves of Recovery Inc. INC. Our website is www.wavesofrecovery.org. We also do have LinkedIn, TikTok, all the other ones. All the fun stuff. <laughs> but those are the main ones. Follow us yeah. on Instagram or check out our website. Yeah. You can also reach out to us um, by email and we'd be happy to, you know, hop on a Zoom or a phone call just to share more about our own journeys, connect mm-hmm. with you. Um, I love it. I've been happy to do so. That's amazing. And so, and also just out of curiosity, let's say someone is just so excited about what you're doing and they'd love to like donate. They can do that at wavesofrecovery.org. Yes. Yes. So all of our, um, yeah, we really operate on donations and volunteers, um, and sponsorships. So if you would like to help us, spread the stoke and share the gift of recovery and surfing we do accept donations through our website and there's going to be some fun ways to also uh, fundraise for us as well in your own area so you can reach out to us to learn more as well love that love that so much and I have one more statement and one more question you guys have both alluded to this in in your shares and I think it's important um to share with people, because I think it's a very subtle part of recovery. You've mentioned relearning. You both have said relearning. And I have done, I'm walking a 12 step program of codependency, which is, is slightly different, but also very effective. And one of the components is that we may have never even known sanity or a life of not codependency or a life of true sobriety based on what we grew up in or exposed to. And so I love that you guys have been saying relearning. And for myself, part of that relearning is like, I think you said it, learning for the first time, like a true new relationship with 
the water or with relationship is a big one for me, you know, that I've noticed is like, what is quality time? What is friendship? What is connection? What is relationship? Like, when did I ever know what that was? And where did I make it up? And so I just find that fascinating because the, I think that the sobriety, the evolution in sobriety has revealed a lot of that to me. And I appreciated the way that you guys shared that. And then my last question for you guys is um, independently and maybe together, what does it look like for Ryan and Sophie's hearts to be unleashed? Whoa, that's a really powerful question. Yeah. <laughs> you want to go first? Send it. Oh my God. Wow. <laughs> I, for some reason, when you said that, I had this like Brene Brown moment. I really do <laughs> Brene Brown. She's yeah. Awesome. She's been amazing. I was like, wow, am I being interviewed by Brene Brown right now? Um, I don't know why that came up, but... I see it. I see the connection. Yeah. What does it feel like to have to have my heart unleashed? Mm, what does it look like to, to live your heart unleashed? I think for me, what's coming through right now is to live a life where I am free to truly be myself do the things that I love with the people that I love, be able to make an impact, even if that's on one person, but to really just enjoy this life that we have. Um, that's what's coming through for me. Beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah. My heart unleashed for sure. Something I'm still working on. Some days I do better than others. You know, it's something that I'm experiencing in, in building the nonprofit and building ways of recovery, right? Is even with eight years clean and sober and, and having done a lot of work and, and experienced a lot of growth, you know, still seeking more freedom from my own insecurities mm -hmm. and judgments. And, and um, each day it's a practice, you know, to um, not sell myself short, not, you know, not, um, make sure that I ask for what I need, that I, um, we've seen some of the miracles that take place in, in recovery and, you know, from addiction, mental health, all this stuff. Right. And really just doing my best to, to, um, not limit the growth that, that I get to experience, right. To really put myself out there, right. To really show up as best as I can to do all the work to, so that I can show up as best as I can for somebody else each day. Um, mm -hmm. So that I can show up for waves of recovery as best as I can each day or for Sophie and I are now engaged so that I can show up for Sophie as best as I can. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Ciao. Um, yeah. You know, and, and um, yeah, I've just come so far in recovery. It's, it's absolutely mind blowing. I never thought I'd be here. And that being said, there's, there's still growth to be had, but I'm still chasing, right? Like I'm still, um, what was the analogy I used? Like trying to drop the pink weights and put up the, the big boy plates, you know, and, I'm just still trying to rack weight on there and, and grow and, um, you know, trying to seek that discomfort because there's still there's still that stuff out there that that creeps back in from time to time that requires attention and work. And yeah, I just, I, you know, I, again, I'm an addict. Right. So when we talk about growth and freedom and peace and grace and I want it all, you know, I don't want mm -hmm. some of it. I want all of it. I want yeah. it all the time. Right. Like, don't I know? <laughs> yeah, for sure. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, so setting the bar pretty high and, and just trying to, to stay after it and stay doing the things that help me stay on the path. I so appreciate both of your answers and thank you. I, I like 
throwing that question there for our our guests and because we want to know you guys as much as you know we appreciate hearing about what you're up to in the world and so it's it's great to have that like personal connection so thank you for sharing thank you for looking within and thank you for what you guys are doing it's so exciting um i dwell in southern california i do van life i'm in a hotel now i know you guys can see this our listeners can't but and so it'll be such a such a great opportunity to get to meet you guys and enjoy what you offer to the world and just so beautiful. So thank you for being here on the Hearts Unleashed podcast. And listeners, thank you for tuning in. I hope you got exactly what you need today. Whether you're on a sobriety journey or not, I believe there is so much you guys offered in what you shared and what the, what we can offer and be of service in the world. So if we're someone who's really on, on a great stroke in life and we're just living it, that we can offer our greatness and our light to the world too. So for anybody listening, I hope you got exactly what you needed. Thank you so much for tuning into the Hearts Unleashed podcast where we are turning dreamers into doers. We love you. Thanks for tuning in to the Hearts Unleashed podcast. We hope you found all the inspiration that you needed today and that you use it to take the next inspired action on your dreams. If you love the show, share it with a friend. We love spreading the love. For more information, to listen to more episodes, or to shop Hearts Unleashed, visit us at heartsunleashed.com. See you next time, hearts.